Welcome to the Wednesday version of the program. We got plenty to give you, of course. Baseball, football, though in some other notes as well. I figured that for sure we'd start off with Shane McClanahan in the All-Star game. We'll get there. It was a great experience. He was, well, he was the only uh, American League pitcher to give up any runs, but hey, it was pretty cool to watch him on the scene. We got a couple of clips from that game. And, oh yes, four members of the current, well, soon to not be current, members of the USF baseball team were drafted since our last show on Monday. We will actually hold on to that until the second segment. We're going to give you some highlights of all four individuals. In fact, we're going to go back to their early days along with some more recent stuff and wish them well and tell you exactly where they landed, along with a couple of incoming Bulls freshmen who were drafted, who have a decision to make. We'll give you their names also. But yeah, we are going to start off with football, and there is plenty of news. And even though the season is still more than, what, five and a half weeks away, we are getting there. And we are getting there with some news. Unfortunately, some sad news to pass along with one of the players. But let's start off with some happier stuff, first of all. And this is going to be interesting to follow, i got to tell you. Gary Bohannon, of course, the incoming transfer from Baylor, was named to the Davy O'Brien Award watch list. That is no doubt very good news. And I know a lot of people that listen are probably folks that are on Twitter and wondering, you know, why isn't the school uh, publicizing this more? Well, I've got my own theories on that. I have no inside knowledge, but I'm not going to say the sport. But a few years back, there was a certain member of one of the teams at USF who was named the preseason conference player of the year prediction at his position. Okay, I gave a hint. I said his. But it wasn't publicized, and I wonder, well, that's interesting. Uh, And it turned out another individual actually won the starting job at that position, and that's why the team didn't hype up the other guy getting named the preseason player of the year. I'm not saying that Timmy McLean is going to be the starting quarterback and the football coaching staff has already made that decision. I'm just saying I don't know if that has been decided who's going to be the starter. In fact, I can't wait to hear from Jeff Scott about the whole starting quarterback situation, I'm going to guess it is going to be a very stiff competition in fall camp, and therefore maybe that's why Bohannon hasn't been anointed anything yet, although definitely a cool thing to see him on this list. If you're wondering, 35 individuals get picked to the first Davy O'Brien, that's the quarterback of the year, watch list. There are seven SEC quarterbacks on this list, by the way, so that just shows you the kind of cachet that comes with the transfer who, yes, is on my request list, as is Timmy McLean, as are a couple of dozen Bulls. We'll have a chance probably to talk to both of those guys and a lot more on Monday and Tuesday as part of the team's photo shoots. And a little inside information, I was, you know, able to look at the offerings as far as who's going to be available, and it's basically the entire team. And not to get too inside, but essentially you could tell, you know, who was grouped together as kind of the starters and then maybe the reserves. Some of the names that are new can't be stamped as a starter sort, so no big deal. But I did notice it was weird that Smoke Davis was listed as kind of a backup guy, or at least not with the starters at the defensive back group. And, well, now we know why, as Vincent Smoke, his nickname which, by the way, pulled up some old audio. You're going to hear a lot of cool old audio clips here in just a little bit, including baseball in our second segment, but have the clip of why he was named Smoke. But what he said, Dear family, friends, and fellow Bulls, I'm saddened to inform you all that I am forced to step away from the game 
of football due to a neck injury. At this moment, it is not safe for me to continue playing football and potentially risk compromising my long-term health. This news has been extremely difficult to reconcile with, as I expected to take the field with my brothers and have a team like no other. I have no doubt that our team is going to do something special this year. Since the age of five, it has been my dream to play in the NFL, but I am aware that God has greater plans for my life. I'm confident that his plan far supersedes any plans I've made for myself. Goes on to explain how he's looking forward to being able to contribute in other ways in the future. I retweeted it, by the way, on Tuesday afternoon if you want to check out the full statement. As I said, was entering his fifth year out of Jacksonville, went to Robert E. Lee High School his first season. 2018 got action in all 13 games. Career high five tackles in that thrilling win at Soldier Field against Illinois. 2019 came up with his first and has turned out only career interception. Let's face it, he was known more as a hitting defensive back, almost a extra linebacker in there. But here is the pick. 20 seconds left in the quarter. Fields throws near sideline. That's picked off by the Bulls. The Bulls have their sixth turnover. That's Vincent Davis making the play. That was the famous eight interception game against South Carolina State. Of course, Smoke also did some great work as far as special teams goes. And he puts a charge into this one. It's going to be caught back at the 25 by Austin. And Vincent Davis right on cue tackles him right there. So Memphis will have to go 75 yards. Davis hobbling off the field, but he made a heck of a special teams play. First injury he suffered was in 2020, even though he was still able to get six starts in. This was Jeff Scott's first season, of course, 11 tackles in that gritty effort by the Bulls at Cincinnati, where it was close for a while. They hung around, but couldn't get the offense going, lost 28 to 7. Then last season had an amazing game, a career high 13 tackles against Tulsa. Of course, the Bulls would lose that game, but he was a big part of them having a chance to win. Here's Brooks with the carry, and he stopped short of the first down. Vincent Davis submarined him at the 28, and the Bulls' defense holds its fourth down for Tulsa. Boy, that's a great moment for this Bulls' defense. Now they snap. Prince gets bounced wide to the right, and he'll be dumped in a tackle for loss by the Bulls. It's Davis again. Two and a half tackles for loss today for Davis, and that'll set up third and long. And then my man went out pretty strong with a very spirited effort along with the entire defense in Orlando. Second down and 10, low snap. They field it, hand it off, and the Bulls with a tackle for loss, setting up a third and long. Vincent Davis tripped up Mark Anthony Richards, and it's third down and long for the Knights. The ball back at their 24, third and 11. Now they're set. Hand off Richardson and a beautiful tackle by Vincent Davis right near the line of scrimmage. Might have got a yard to the 20, second and nine. And there's just some plays by Vincent Davis that pops out, and he just plays football the right way. And, and I tell you what, if he can just be a consistent player, he could be one of the better players at his position in the country. Pretty high praise there from Sam Barrington, who would know a thing or two about hitting and playing defense. But unfortunately, as we know now, due to a neck injury, Smoke Davis will no longer be able to grace the football field. Although, we got to get the word on why he was nicknamed Smoke. All right, the Smoke name came from uh, old teammate Brandon Boyce. 
I remember like first week I came there, he was like he watched my high school film. He seen that I was flying around making a lot of plays. And then the name just stuck from there. I mean, it just, it just gravitated in the locker room, man. It just stuck from there. Everybody been calling me Smoke, the coaches, and been caught on ever since. And again, a lot more football coming your way. As I said, I was perusing the list of names, basically the entire roster of individuals that I can have a chance to talk to next week as part of their photo shoot days. And we'll have those interviews for you, of course, spread throughout the next month or so, starting next week on Bulls Beat. But there's a lot of talent in that secondary. And I won't say who I requested to interview, but let's just say a mix of returners and maybe incoming individuals. We have on the offensive side of the ball, a little update for you. Chad Morris is now a member of Jeff Scott's staff as a senior offensive analyst. Of course, we already have an offensive coordinator by the name of Travis Trickett and a full offensive coaching staff. But Coach Scott wanted to find some room for the former SMU and former Arkansas head coach, Chad Morris, longtime coach, who, yes, was on the Clemson staff for four seasons, 2011 through 2014. Clemson went 42-11 and over those four years, winning the ACC championship in that first season, according to Jeff Scott. Chad and I have a great relationship, had a lot of success working together. Very excited to welcome Chad to South Florida, and I look forward to him working with Travis Trickett, our returning staff members, as we employ a fast-paced and exciting offense. He was the coach at SMU for three seasons. That success got him the head coaching job at Arkansas. Didn't work out so well in the SEC. Hey, that's a tough jump right there, but didn't exactly get him disregarded by the coaching staffs in the league because Gus Malzahn grabbed him at Auburn to be the offensive coordinator. And then last year, head coach at Allen High School in the Dallas area, which is essentially a small college. Again, look forward to meeting Mr. Morris and talking to him real soon. Now on to baseball, we'll get into the draft, and it was a pretty substantial draft as far as USF went in our second segment, but last night, Shane McClanahan got to pitch in the All-Star game, and yes, he was the only American League pitcher to give up any runs. It was still, no doubt, a great event. First bull to perform or be selected for an All-Star game, and of course, the Rays starting pitcher as well. Shane gave up four hits, two right off the bat, made it one to nothing, and there was another runner on with nobody out. Got a little help. Well, a lot of help behind him on this play. That's swatted up the middle. Spear with a backhand by Jimenez. What a play. The turn two. Jimenez Anderson on to first. A sparkling double play. The ball was headed up the middle on a high fastball and instead a behind the back double play. Still, Paul Goldschmidt tagged one after Shane, you could just tell, was nibbling a little bit and then had to go right across the heart with a heater on 2-0 to one of the best fastball hitters out there. He did get a K, though, to end off his day. That's how good this collection of National League All-Stars is that he's taken on. He gets a swing and a miss here from Contreras to finish off this first inning. And important to note, I'm glad he got that strikeout at the end that he had still a big smile coming off the mound and kind of knew that he was, even though not results-wise, what you'd want as a pitcher, still in a pretty special circumstance. He gave up two runs on four hits. The other 10 American League pitchers combined gave up no runs on one hit, and the American League wins the game by the score of 3-2. to two. Head coach Billy Mole was out there in L.A. to check it out. Before that, he had uh, his eye on other things, and that was how many players he'll have to uh, say goodbye to. And, well, three pitchers and the big-time slugger on the Bulls, or at least one of their big-time sluggers, got taken in the Major League Baseball draft. We'll give you all the details, yes, including reminiscing with some 
old highlights of some of the guys and some newer highlights as well as we pay tribute to a outstanding quartet of bulls that are ready to take the next step in their careers, namely professional baseball. That's next on Bulls Beat. This is the Unlimited Unloaded page. As I mentioned the other day, keep an eye out on GoUSFBulls.com. I happen to know that they are going to be updating the website, so to speak, a little bit of a different look to it and a sleeker look, also something that you'll be able to do. And believe me, I'll be the first to tweet it out once it's all set up to go. Maybe by the time you're hearing this, it's the case. You can actually see the entire week's schedule on USF Bulls Unlimited instead of having to sort of wait around for the tweets each day. So if you want to plan your weekend now, these schedules will be subject to change. For example, if maybe some big news happens, we'll change the schedule around. But yeah, you can actually plan your week in advance when it comes to what you can listen to, current games and classics. Of course, current games will be a thing coming up in the month of August with more than a dozen between soccer and volleyball. And then, of course, September, we kick into high gear with the football contest as well, along with the Jeff Scott Coaches Show. A little bit of a chance that he is going to do the show from maybe uh, on location this year, at least a couple of times. I know due to COVID reasons, we were unable to do that for the first couple years of Jeff Scott. There's a little info to file away. Also saw the USF football Twitter page and the USF equipment page letting us know that there's some uh, new stuff coming your way. So we uh, have our eyes open when we're running around the Selman Athletic Center. Be back up there today. And again, plan on running into more interviews and have those for you on Friday's show. And then next week, for sure, we'll be set up, as I said, with the football photo shoot, interviewing more than probably two dozen individuals on that team and soccer and volleyball to follow shortly after. Baseball loses some big guys, but for good reasons. That is because four Bulls were drafted. It all started with the guy that we figured would be the first Bull to get taken in the Major League Baseball draft. That is Orion Kirkring. He was taken in the fifth round. Saw a good article from a publication in Venice where essentially his agent's intel was that he'd be taken between the fourth and the seventh round. And indeed, he was keeping a close eye on the computer and was picked by the Philadelphia Phillies. Before we get into some of Kirk's attributes, this was pretty much an instant reaction as he was already previously scheduled to join Jay Retcher and Ian Beckles on Monday afternoon, head coach Billy Mole, because of, you know, being in L.A. for Shane McClanahan, but threw out a comment on Kirk as well. Kirk is a guy that I know he wanted to try to get him in the rotation a little bit this year after so dominant in the bullpen, but, man, he's got an electric arm, and when he's flying, when he's doing well, uh, there's not many arms in the country better than his. How nice is it to see Kirk uh, get the call today? I just got off the phone with him. He's, a, he's very happy, you know. Uh, I told him we got one thing in common. The Phillies both drafted, drafted me as well, so I told him <laughs> no pressure. Um, but, no, I mean, he's got an elite-level breaking ball. It's one of the best breaking balls in the draft. Um, so he, he should have a fast track if he continues working hard and puts his head down and goes to work. But I'm, I'm super proud of what Orion's done and, can't wait to follow his career. Hopefully see him here at some point. Career for Orion Kirkring from Venice High School started, of course, just a few years back. He has been mostly a bullpen guy for the Bulls. In fact, told you we'd go back a little bit. Wanted to pull up some old audio of Kirkering. This was from his very first appearance. You're going to hear a lot of highlights from Marist 2020, but his first appearance was a good one. We go to the eighth inning. Bulls trailing 4-2, to two, and the fourth pitcher of the night will be freshman Orion Kirkering. He is from Venice. 
Six foot two right-hander. Swung on and missed, but the ball goes to the screen. Sullivan's gonna have to hurry and he will not be there in time. So we've seen a few freshmen tonight for the Bulls. Cantu, Besnier, Mitchell, all outfielders. Now Kirkering on the mound. Hogan, not a freshman, but a first-year Bull. Swung on and missed, runner goes. Throw is not in time. Rubio is out on strikes. He's trying to set a, a record for most strikeouts in any game. Sure is a big tie for first at four. Two balls, two strikes on Brian Hart. We're in the eighth. Bulls down four to two. Two-two pitch, breaking ball, called strike three, two down. Oh, man. So Kirkering has struck out three in a row. The first one reached when the ball got away, but there's two outs in the inning. No, he did not strike out four, but pretty uh, solid stuff there. Ryan Kirkering, of course, would pile on the strikeouts throughout his career with the Bulls, displaying not just a mid-90s fastball, but a wicked slider adding in a curveball. And you know I'm not going to play Orion Kirkring's highlights without playing the final out as he got the very tension-packed save to win the conference championship. One ball, two strikes. Eight to seven bulls. Fly ball, shallow right field. Cantu going in. He makes the catch. The USF Bulls are the champions of the American Athletic Conference at the expense of UCF. It's interesting to see what he said, Billy Mole, I'm talking about, about Orion Kirkring this year, of course. When he started off in the bullpen, Hunter Mink showed that he could get some saves. Then Kirkring became a starter. Went well for a while, but then had a few tough outings. Back to the pen, and everything is, I think, set for his future in that role. Ended up with, get this, 167 strikeouts in 129 and two-thirds career innings. But, yeah, you could tell uh, the phrase that Mole used was basically he was pacing himself as a starter, but he could let it rip as a closer. I'm sure that's where the Phillies have him in mind. You're going to hear one of his saves as part of our next highlight package because Jack Jasiak was the next bull drafted. And, of course, this year was a tough one for Jack because of injury. Man, did he get off to a great start. It was a shoulder injury, and they basically were thinking about his future, not the Bulls' present, and now we see that it's probably helped his future in the fact that he got drafted. Kirkring was drafted on day two. Three Bulls went on day three, starting off with Jack Jasiak to Cleveland this past year. 27 and a third innings, 30 strikeouts, two walks, 12 strikeouts against Brown. That was a career high. That was a game that we popped up on Bulls Unlimited 2 on Tuesday. We'll probably do that again in the near future, but let's go back to his first outing as well, or at least his second outing. We didn't want to do too many Marist highlights. He pitched against Marist in that very first weekend in 2020, and in his first outing, in a 3-2 win, went seven innings and struck out nine, but he did that two better in his next college start against the Northeastern Huskies. Usually you want him playing a little away from the middle, and that ball's in there. Just an absolute peach of a pitch on the inside corner, and Dasiak able to dial up yet another wow. strikeout, give him 11. I mean, he is going to have incredible numbers through two games and maybe a no, no decisions to show for it. Of course, this, could be, this would be a losing decision. Yeah. That's why I hate the uh, phrase losing effort. You can't call this a losing effort. Well, this is going to be the second visit by Carson Whitson, and that means it's going to be the end of the day for Jasiak. But, folks, he deserves a huge hand yeah, for what he he's done today. He has 
done his job, and I just say even more than his job, going into the eighth inning in his second college start. And the folks that are here are showing their appreciation. I even see a couple Northeastern fans over there clapping because they realize yeah, he actually did well. more than a couple, a handful, yeah. which is a, a great sign of respect and shows that they know their baseball over there. Oh, yeah, we pronounced his name wrong maybe for that first year. It's Jack Jaciak. Had 11 strikeouts in that game, and again, he would keep it going. Really, you know, we're going to play what happened in Clearwater, but got things towards the right path for the Bulls in that 2021 championship season with his shutdown of East Carolina. The Bulls would beat the Pirates 7 to nothing, and that carried over the confidence to his next start. Game two for the Bulls, and this really laid the path for the whole postseason run because the difference between starting off 1-1 and one and 2-0 and oh at conference is everything, and he had everything to do with Kirkring helping out at the very end of that second win. JCX already accomplished a lot, and it looks like he may have an 0 for 4 against Burns going back on his Gonzalez, and he makes the catch for two away. So add up the accolades for Jack Jaciak, and one more to go. Well, Ryan Kirkring, I just heard a fan say, don't do it. Yeah, Kirkering looks like he thinks he's coming in. He was walking down the steps, and... He is now on the field. So they just signaled. Some fans wanted to see him finish, but a lot are going to be clapping real loud right now. And the USF players won't wait for him to get to the dugout. And they're standing in line in front of the top set step. Jack Jaciak gets a hug from, well, he's going to get a hug from the entire team. So we got a pitching change first of the day for the Bulls. Just a small, small bit of party pooping action by Jacob LaPrairie. He has not ruined the party by any means, but he has knocked Jack Jaciak out of the game. Still very much in line for the win. Eight and two-thirds innings, two hits, one walk, which ended his day. 12 strikeouts. Did throw 112 pitches. Beautiful hook. Looking to finish the job here. Fans back on their feet. You can hear the applause. Two saves, not a safe situation here, but get him some action and finish up what now is a 5-0 win, we hope. One and two with two away. Here's the pitch. Swung and a miss, strike three. Pull the string again, and that was beautiful. So Orion Kirkering just puts the end of the sentence. It was a long essay of brilliant words written by Jack Jaciak, and the Bulls indeed are golden in golden position after winning this game five to nothing yeah that was something else so for his career interestingly enough you look at numbers and sometimes they do not tell the story we just mentioned from that first year how he only had one win he just didn't get any run support his career in three seasons was nine and nine as far as wins and losses go but his era was a 266 and <laughs> is a pitcher man and he's well respected and he goes to cleveland and make it a third pitcher and we'll go back to that 2020 situation against tulane because the game that got the bulls into the finals had a lot to do with one brad lord delivers 0-2 swung on a missed strike three another slider what a great job there by brad lord again you think of last season two seasons ago and you think of the drew brutcher tying hit against texas you think of Jared Eaton in South Alabama. You think of the win in the war on I-4, but without what Brad Lord did, they don't make it to the finals because Tulane run-ruled them earlier on that Saturday, and Brad Lord shut the green wave down in response, and he was noticed as well. He, in the 18th round 
went to the Washington Nationals. So you have Jack Jaciak in the 12th, and then Brad Lord in the 18th. And with a 20-round event, there was one other name I figured might come up, the top hitter for the Bulls. He's gone as well. What an individual. We'll talk more about Carmine Lane. I want to catch up to all of these guys on the phone. I know they've got other things happening right now, but stay tuned for that. But yeah, a couple of Carmine Lane highlights, including his second game, of course, against Marist in 2020. And he hits it well to right field. It's going to hang up, though. Going back on it, back on it. And wow! The game is over, and the Bulls win it. Lane, absolutely, we told you, crushed the ball. Anytime he had a chance to yesterday, a lot of deep fouls, but that one looked like Mackey had a chance at it in right field, and he didn't. Carmine Lane hit some home runs. This is the one I remember the most from Gainesville 2021. Curveball, and that is skied high in play, could stay in play. Third baseman Hickey going over there, may have room, and goes right up against the wall. Wow. It gets out of the stadium, and boy, did he take a tumble. And he's all right. It's one and one. Boy, did Carmine Lane just miss that. He was a little bit early on it. Three and one, and that ball is crushed to left field. Going back on it is Young, and he's just going to stop running because that ball is out of here. Wow. You weren't kidding, Jim Lauk. He sent one over a structure out there. That is about 20 feet beyond the left field wall. He absolutely destroyed that baseball, and it's three to one. Matter of time in that at bat, that's the one he missed just a moment ago, and he got everything there was to have on that pitch by Mace. And then this year, walk-offs in back-to-back weekends. We'll put together what we like to do on the channel, what we call bonus cuts, anywhere from three to five and sometimes even longer when the events warrant. Uh, highlight packages, and we'll do something for all these guys, especially some of Carmine Lane's hits, but just raw power and an outstanding individual. Of course, he's been through a lot in his life with his father battling cancer along with his girlfriend, Alexis Buckman. We are big fans of Carmine Lane. He was right at the top of the charts when it came to the conference this year, for the last two years at the top of the Bulls charts and at the top of the lineup for many a game. Ended up hitting 309 for his career, and that's after just going 190 in his first season. He had a 332 junior year with 10 homers and a career-high 54 RBI. The Marlins grab him in the 19th round. Also drafted a couple of incoming Bulls who still have to decide on whether they are going to go pro or come to college, and they are hard-throwing right-handers. Zach Showalter out of Wesley Chapel, taken in the 11th round by the Orioles, and then Ben Bruddy goes to the Reds also in the 11th round. We also say goodbye to Keanu Jacobs-Guichard. We knew that the popular player was headed to another institution. Turns out he is going to spend his next college years at Grambling. That is going to wrap up Bulls Beat. I'll tell you what we're going to do later on on Wednesday. We'll post to our SoundCloud page a special version of Around the American with a full recap of the entire conference when it came to the Major League Baseball draft and some other notes as well, but not here on the stream today. Usually we put the conference proceedings at the end of the hour, but just Bulls Beat today. And again, go to our SoundCloud page. That's the Unlimited Unloaded page. Go to SoundCloud type USF for some conference news that we'll add later on. Thanks for checking out Bulls Beat. I'm Derek Sharp. You've been listening to Bulls Beat on Unlimited Unloaded.